everyone, and welcome back to Book Talk. I'm Kathy Loken, and today I'll be interviewing author and horse veterinarian Elizabeth Woolsey. Elizabeth has been a vet for over 35 years and has two award-winning books, Small Town Secrets, and the first book in her series, Travels of Dr. Rebecca Harper. You'll discuss her exciting life as a veterinarian, her books, and her writing process. Let's get into it. Right, Elizabeth. So for the first question, I want to ask you, how many novels have you written in total? And among them, which was your favorite to write? Well, uh, I wrote some a couple nonfiction books, but then I decided when I was getting close to retiring, I had this nasty habit of getting up at four in the morning to study and then also to write journal articles and and different things. And so I tried to sleep in, but it just wasn't happening. When you get older, you know, you you don't sleep as much. So um, so I I thought about it and I um, I really wanted to write this one particular story. I'd I'd been I'd followed, you know, some time travel books and I'd 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 also read some books about um, that were very close to real history, um, starting with the physician by Noah Gordon. And then that was a trilogy. And then um, his second book took place um, kind of in the time period that I liked, which was the time of the Westerns, because I grew up in the 50s in America. And, you know, we all watched those Westerns. They were so popular, the Gunsmoke and um, rawhide and um, bonanza, all those ones. And so mm-hmm. I thought about it and I thought I would love to write about somebody that from with the perspective of um, the perspective of um, uh, a, a modern person going back there, because as much as we all like to remember it happily, of course, you're too young, but uh, the 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 times weren't that great considering modern values like these guys were misogynistic like you would not believe oh yeah and yet <laughs> and, and you know and they they there was nothing about you know they would spank people i mean you know come on and yeah not and, not the greatest yeah, thing to deal with yeah those kind of things and and also you know they weren't very nice to um people of other cultures they would be kind of patronizing a little bit you know so but they were so charismatic and you know I wanted to be with them and ride with them because in the 50s I didn't know any better and and so that's kind of my interest so I uh, lived in Australia and I was practicing there and they only had um, a couple different westerns on that were modern that were old but modernized and I got to see Bonanza in color. Oh, my God. It was actually in color because as a kid, it was all black and white. So um, I became fascinated with it. And I decided that I would write about those characters in that setting. And I actually got I got tentative permission, but they never really followed through. And I finally gave up. And I knew what I could do because they told me is that I could use those characters, but change the names. So I did. So that's where that came from. And so of all the books that I've written though, the last book that I published um, 
was my favorite. And that's a book called A Man's Worth. And that's about an aging veterinarian who describes his life and um, all the things that he went through. But but the my favorite kind of all time long one is, of course, the travels of Dr. Rebecca Harper, because that was really the first fiction book I wrote. And that was um, the most like I can't explain the feeling that you get when you send a couple chapters to somebody who is a true critic, like your sister or your mother or somebody like that, Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, who is not going to pull punches, who just goes, oh, my God, send me more. And, you know, or like, you know, it's been three days and I haven't received anything. (laughs) And so and then I gave it to my staff. And of course, I was a veterinarian in Australia. So my staff were not as familiar. Well, I don't think any of them had ever watched Bonanza. They'd heard of it. But Mm -hmm. um, they um, they just started asking me about, well, what are you what are you writing about? So I would send them you know, a chapter or two, and then they got just as hooked. So people all over the place got hooked. And that just, it took me over the edge. And it was like, almost as good as saving a life on a horse. And I knew I was going to retire. I was getting older. I was a time bomb because my reaction time was slower. And when you work with big horses, you got to be pretty quick. And so um, I pretty much set a date extended it, extended it, extended it. And finally I said, okay, I'm going to be 70. So, and I said, that is enough. My dad was a horse vet. He retired, I think in his mid sixties and I had worked, you know, all my life and I just went, okay, I think I've really done enough for humanity. Um, It's time to enjoy myself. And um, um, so I, um, so I started writing these books and they just flowed. It was amazing. I would I would get up at four and I would write until the first emergency, or I had to check a sick horse that was out in the out in the barn, or mm-hmm. or my first call. And you know, I could I could whip out enough that, that your average writer, a couple, you know, maybe oh, 3,000, 5,000 words in that time because I was not. Um, I didn't have a strict schedule. I didn't have a strict script. I, I'm a pantser. I write by the seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just sat down and took it where it went. And I had no idea when I started that book how it would end. Really? I really so didn't. It was like... I really, really didn't. I thought there okay. are so many options. Okay. So, like, so it was more like your writing process was almost like... I don't want to say making it up as you go, but it was like, like what was, did you uh, have no, like I would at least say like, it's making it up as I go. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, you would, what Okay. Was. You would say yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so, yeah. um, I mean, but did, like, so I feel like, so did you definitely have that for like the first book of the series and then like for the sequel, did you have to like sort of make more of a layout or was it still like writing? Well, the second book, uh, which actually just uh, uh, the trial, the first book, the one we're talking about is, um, uh, is, has, is an audible. And last night I just got a message to say that the second book in the series is also now on audible as well. Mm -hmm. So the second book was a bit of, I kind of thought of it a bit of, 
a bit of a filler, but I had to, um, I don't want to say how things end or go or something like that, but I had to kind of, I knew that this was going to be, when I finished it, um, my family, friends, um, and and some of my clients as well by then were reading it and they're going, well, it can't end. You know, you have to keep writing. And so it kind of started to be a filler. But important things happened during that time in the book that made it made it fit with what was going to come. There's four books in the series so far. I am now in the process. I haven't even started on the fifth book, but what I'm doing is marrying um, some another series together with it because the protagonist really? in the other series, which books go social also is representing was a classmate of Rebecca Harper. And, and so Thank she didn't gosh. time travel. She, you know, went, she did like what I did. She went to Australia and became a vet. She retired, moved back here to the States, got bought a cabin in the mountains and then started to have adventures. So I wrote all these books before I, all these books were written, except for um, one of them uh, were written while I was still practicing in Australia. And um, I had no idea what I was going to do. But gosh, darn, I moved back to the United States. I bought a cabin in the mountains where I can fish right out of my place. Have your own, yeah, so have your own adventure. Everybody goes, oh, you wrote that because you knew you're doing it. I knew I was going to some place where I could fish. But that's yeah. all. You gotta go somewhere. But um, do you mind if I ask you? So you said that the fifth book of the series would be a collaboration with it'll it'll marry the two book the two books and the two women together. The two so, women together. So gotcha. one is okay. so so they were classmates in veterinary school. Gotcha. And okay. they um uh one stayed in the United States. Well, one, you know, well, if you read the book, it's pretty quick, you realize that that she, that Rebecca is in an accident and time travels back to the 1800s right, down yeah. back in the area of Bonanza. It's not Bonanza, but it's there, that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, they copyrighted all their names and all that, but there were things they couldn't copyright. And they, they pretty much told me what they couldn't copyright. So that's it. So you were like, yeah, Jane. I'm taking that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, uh, so they, but they were really good. They were really nice. And eventually we might've done a deal, but I just, I wanted to move on. So I so I wrote this other series and this woman moves back and she's courted by two very interesting men. And keep keep in mind they're this is like years later and they're much older. So this is kind of it kind of goes to older people, but I have lots and lots of young people that like it as well. So mm-hmm. um but it it fits kind of both, you know, both groups. So um it, I'll tell you who really loved it. It's really funny. Uh, when I moved back to the United States, I uh, um, kind of jo- rejoined the veterinary community. And I got all these old geezer, and I can say old geezer because I am an old geezer, yeah. veterinarians, <laughs> retired mm-hmm. veterinarians that love my books. And they're mostly males. And so it, you know, it, it ticks that box too. So it's lots of fun. Um but they're they're going to marry up, but that's in the future, and I'm writing it right now. Well, that's exciting because yeah, because I was yeah. actually going to ask you because I was wondering if 
the fourth book was the end, but it's good to know that it will. Well, the it, I had will planned continue. it to be the end. Yeah, I planned mm -hmm. it to be, but I've okay. uh, met with resistance of my readers. So um, they wanted about, more, you know, I, well, what's a little death threat, you know? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. But they really, you know, uh, is it going to continue? Is it going to continue? Mm -hmm. And so I thought of a good, you know, I thought of a way to make it continue because I didn't want it to get too old. I will say the right. third book is actually about Rebecca Harper's daughter. So Rebecca Harper was married. She had a three-year-old daughter. She travels to Nevada to look at a veterinary practice near Lake Tahoe, and she's in a rock slide. And everybody in modern times thinks that she's dead. And and including her husband and her and the three-year-old daughter not that the um i'm just gonna click that off um not that the um not that the um um they they the three-year-old daughter just hardly even remembers her um she doesn't she's you know her, her father remarried but she ended up going to veterinary school as well and uh she ended up um moving um through well i'm not going to explain i don't want to give too much away but she yeah. eventually goes to that area and um gets a lot of hints that possibly her mother isn't dead and so okay. um through documentation because um the um the premise that i had was that was that there was a reason that the bonanza like um, characters and saga began. And that was because somebody went back in history and found these people, you know, found real people. Yeah. Real being, you know, in quotations, of course. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that's, that's what's happening with that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I um, also speaking of the characters, I wanted to ask you, like, it says in like, you know, the book description that Dr. Harper encounters both nonfiction and fictional characters on our adventures. And I was just wondering yeah. what are the okay. real historical, like nonfiction okay. characters all right. that she meets? Okay. So Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. and Sr. are real people. Okay. okay. And um there was a the in the book The Physician on the the second book, um, I think he's mentioned in um uh in the history of medicine basically as being somebody who was actually quite uh prominent in in starting modern uh hygiene like things like you know oh my god let's wash our hands between patients and things like that which are pretty simple mm -hmm. things but it really wasn't practiced a lot yeah I've, so, I've, I've seen that yeah. in like history books and it's yeah. always like oh geez yeah so, uh, but he actually also was a poet and, um, and then there, um, Elizabeth Blackwell, I, I just looked around and looked at history. Elizabeth Blackwell was probably considered the first American female surgeon or vet or, um, physician. And so I, um, you know, I fudged dates a little bit and, uh, um, but, but, basically it was during that time. And so I introduce her um, as somebody that helps Rebecca because she's a veterinarian and as a veterinarian in old times, she's struggling to make a living. And yet 
she knows so much about modern medicine that people who are doctors recognize right away that she has skills that they don't even have and knowledge, although she tries to keep it secret. She doesn't want to tell anybody that she's from the future. So, mm -hmm, um, right. so she eventually goes to um, medical school. And so she meets them and then she meets the son who is a young man when she first meets him, which is Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., who became the, the uh, Supreme Court justice, head of the Supreme Court at one stage. He was a lawyer. Okay. And um, then there was another there was another character. There was another group of people that is it's really important to me personally because she travels to Sacramento. She's trying to find a, a way to get back to her present time. And she ends up going to a more populated area. And she finds, uh, she eventually meets this family, um, the Merritts. And the Merritts are people that sell horses. And this is before, well before she goes to medical school. Mm -hmm. So the Merritts had this huge farm in um uh, near Woodland, California, and she, which is near Sacramento. So she travels over there because she's she did get a job procuring animals, horses, and mules for um, for mining because this is in the time of the 1849 and the gold rush in California. So right. she meets these people, and they happen to be my real great great grandparents, and. <laughs> And they oh were quite God. famous. I know, quite famous people in their time. My grand and they they had this wow. gigantic home. And when my mom died, I inherited this book that had a picture of this home. And the picture of the home was in my grandmother's house for years and years. And my grandmother lived to be a hundred, so I saw that picture a lot. Anyway, so um, that's so, so cool. You could literally yeah. put your own family. <laughs> I know. Like, I oh yeah. Oh, I put, my, I put my family in, and I, you know, I use friends' names. I mean, always oh yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I so that was that was really good. So um, I put them in, and and you know, other characters of the time. But I also put some some um, fictional people in as well uh, from movies and from um, like the True Grit character. Rooster yeah. Cogburn, I slept him in, whether it's legal or not, I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> There's only a couple sentences. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so um, I'm having a great time um, doing that and adding people that are a lot of fun. In the final book, I have a I have a friend who's a veterinarian, and she uh, wanted to be in the book. And she's quite okay. famous. She's a professor at um, University of Illinois in veterinary medicine. And I was supposed to meet her in Australia. She was coming over to give some lectures. And, and I at the last minute, I couldn't come. And so she, I went, how am I going to make this up? And she said, I want to be a character in your book. And I went, okay. And she goes, I said, so what do you want to be? And she goes, I want to be a floozy with a heart of gold. <laughs> so <laughs> so she, she definitely thought this out before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Anyway, so she, um, uh, so I wrote her in as a, a kind of a barmaid who possibly had other financial interests in life. I never really do say, yeah. but she's, um, and she's also a silent patron of the town. And it turns out that there was an, a real woman in the town of Virginia city where most of this was filmed and or where most of that, the, the Bonanza was filmed and my story takes place. 
um, named Julia, Julian, Julia Brulette, I think her name is. And she was a real person. And she, um, uh, she was exactly that. She was a floozy with a heart of gold. And she financially um, kind of helped the town with philanthropic needs, like I think the orphanage and oh, just lots of different things. Okay. So anyway, and then also my character meets Mark Twain and, and you know, there's all kinds of people. So it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that does sound yeah. like really cool because it's like a blend yeah. of like fictional characters, but also like you yeah. blend some non-fictional characters. The so readers are like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's Mark yeah. Queen. Like yeah. there's yeah. and like also they uh I like that you put in other historical figures that are I guess like at least to me not as well known because I did not oh, know no, about that they are not at all the first surgeon. Yeah. And like it yeah. definitely helps readers to discover yeah. these more like lesser known. Yeah, people in yeah. history which I really appreciate because I, I love yeah. learning more about history so well yeah. I you know I I um some of them I knew I knew about from other books that I had read mm-hmm. but sometimes I would just stop and google you know like famous this at this time and mm-hmm. um and that's how I came across these people um but you know, a lot of them are just stuff I made up. It had to fit. It had to fit the plot. And of course, the plot could change day to day. You know, <laughs> I didn't know when I started it. I didn't know whether she was going to stay or go for sure. I didn't mm-hmm. know um, whether she could find the portal and if she could, um, you know, and how she was going to find the portal. But one of the things that I did, which I think is so clever. I am so, so clever. I'm just kidding. But I did, this is, to me, it was a really good plot idea Mm -hmm. was that um, she was very, she was deathly afraid of telling anybody she was from the future. And because she was concerned about, you know, that she would be thought crazy and institutionalized or hung or something. Or like, because like hysteria, yeah. Because they, yeah, exactly. Well, (laughs) wouldn't you? Um, Anyway, so, um, so she eventually realizes she hears somebody singing music, the Beatles. And no, she goes, there the is somebody, but she's in a huge crowd. She can't find that person. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's a big, um, kind of a plot twist was the hearing music from the future. That is that is really clever. I like yeah, that. Yeah, just because... the tunes, not the words, just the mm-hmm. tunes. But, you know, I want to hold your hand, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's I mean, really that clever. That would not be yeah. popular in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's like it's like a yeah. very subtle way as yeah. to hinting, like, you know, because like everyone else, like in the past, like they wouldn't think that as weird. Like they would just think like, yeah. oh, it's just like another song. But like somebody who knew the Beatles, they'd be like. Oh my gosh. I know. So I, I really like that. Yeah. Pat yeah. yourself on the back for that. I really like that. Yeah, I, I do all, all the time. <laughs> so and then I, I sing uh, the songs oh, yeah. to myself. Oh yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, honestly, like if you're going to put a catchy tune like that yeah. in the book, I, I would be humming along with it too. I'd yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I, um, I want to ask you along with, there was another thing in the book description. It notes that, um, fans of the book outlander would enjoy this book and yeah. um you know like yeah. both outlander and your stories both center on a woman who accidentally like 
travels time travels time. yeah yeah like travels yeah. like back in yeah. time and she and goes just... she goes backward and forward too well you know okay. pretty quickly it's these um um kind of stonehenge kind of rocks that that send her backward and forward and i did read uh, well i think i've read all but the very last one um okay so um and i i really love i just loved absolutely loved them um different era um and um kind of different um obviously um just different than mine um i keep mine kind of clean you know like um not that i didn't enjoy outlanders areas where they weren't quite as you know pristine mm -hmm. or i don't know what to say but yeah. um but i um i used to say to people no, I am not going to write about that kind of stuff. My 90-year-old dean reads this, reads my books. Yeah, <laughs> so, you don't want to. Nah. <laughs> you don't want to. Anyway, yeah. So uh, he's passed, but still there's other people. My sisters, they really would not be happy if I started putting stuff in like that. So anyway, mm -hmm. um, uh, not that I don't like it. Not that I don't think about it, but it's just not my genre. Um, and the other thing that is different about my books that can be somewhat is that she really goes into just tons and tons of description. And I think that's kind of why I've fallen off loving her books, because there's too much description and not enough action. And I keep my descriptions to a minimum and actions to the max. And so we're different in that way. Not to say, you know, she's famous. Her genre is incredible. Um, she made time travel way more popular than probably anybody else. But anyway, mine are just a little bit different than hers. And also yeah. it just goes down to like different preferences too, because I know yeah. sometimes personally, like if a book has a lot of description or spends a bunch yeah. of it's like page or yeah. word count with descriptions, yeah. I find it to be more of like a slower read. Whereas a book with like a bit more action. Yeah. Uh, intermingled with the description yeah. I really yeah. enjoy but so but it's really just yeah. like based on like preferences and whatnot. but I do understand like though like yeah. having to do with all those descriptions and it's like okay yeah. this is great but like what's going to happen yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah I'm I'm much more um you are never gonna have a page of description from me you might have a couple sentences period and that would be <laughs> it so. okay good to, good to know <laughs> but I um so I actually wanted to ask you uh you can ask me <laughs> well it was, it was kind of like a funny question but um what's harder giving a horse a checkup or writing a novel uh well these days the horse would be harder but um uh no nah, I think you know when you when you've worked like I I worked well over 50 years in the industry now, mm -hmm. I didn't, I only worked 37 years as a vet, but I was a vet tech and an anesthesia tech at three different veterinary schools. I worked for my father, um, you name it, I've done it. Um, it really, it, you know, that was, it was second nature and it was the joy of my life. Pinch me, they're paying me to do this. That yeah. was always my motto. Um, I loved every minute of what I did until I started writing. And then that was it. I went, I love it, but I think I'd rather be writing. And rather, um, yeah, rather be writing. So, yeah. and the writing just became my second obsession. So, um, I, so these days writing is much easier. Um, well, it was, it was just fun right from the beginning because I, I, 
I wrote about stories that I wanted to be in or or had, you know, great knowledge of and or um, I fell in love with my characters. Um, well, I fell in love with a lot of the horses. I, I can remember there's a book out right now called Hello Beautiful that everybody's talking about. I don't even know what it's about yet, but I know I see it. And there was a horse that came to me that was dying and her name was Hello Beautiful. I, I get emotional just talking about this. Yeah. I fell in love with this horse and she reignited my love of horses. And that sustained me for the last 15 years of practice. I just never looked at a horse again and couldn't find something endearing about that animal. Yeah. Oh, there was a couple. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but nah, the, it, it just was. I, my my life was so blessed and it still is it's so so blessed i i love being a vet i loved it i loved it i loved it but i knew that at some point i just saw so many of my colleagues as they got older um start to um you know get injured and things and i went and i came out of it really unscathed unlike most of the vets i know i'm you know, I'm pretty, mm-hmm. so far I haven't had any joint replacements and I haven't, I go out and I go fly fishing every day and, that's, and, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's good. I walk and, and, and in the summer I ride with a friend, um, um, finally starting to look to maybe get a horse myself. Um, that but the, yeah, I know I kind of miss it. So, uh, it, it was, it, life is, life is so good. I'm so lucky. I'm, I'm just absolutely blessed. And, and if I didn't love what I did, I'd find something that I did love because there is no way I'm not going to enjoy my life right till the time, you know, hopefully till it's over. But we'll see. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it really does sound like you yeah. have like a very exciting and just like this like very fun filled life. Like I'm, I'm a bit jealous, honestly, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. it sounds like you like you've accomplished so much, too. And also right now, yeah. like you're doing so much like you're writing these novels and everything so it's very it's very well I'm still writing veterinary stuff too so I'm writing a chapter in a book about burns and horses because I have quite a bit of experience that you know Australia we had these huge fires and we had all these Mm -hmm. horses that were burned and so um, we learned how to economically take care of them it's fine to have you know take them to a veterinary um um, veterinary, um, educational, you know, school or something like that, where there's, you know, money's not the object, but we, I didn't live in a highly economically, um, um, affluent area. And plus my friends and clients and my staff who lost horses or had horses injured, Mm -hmm. um, we they were they lost everything they didn't just lose their horse or they did their horse didn't just get burned they lost their house they lost everything so we had to oh, learn how yeah. to do it economically and we really did and it was really it was it was one of the best things that I ever did but it was also one of the worst i had post traumatic stress after it and it was yeah. it was very difficult so but i um i learned so much from that and i've been asked to write a chapter in a book for um veterinarians and, and, you know, so I still do, uh, I dabble a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really passionate about teaching this, this weekend, I'm going to be on a zoom with a bunch of young vets that are struggling with all the issues of modern day practice and, and, um, and, and just sit, I might probably might not even say a word, but, you know, I have mm-hmm. so many coping mechanisms 
to get right. through life. I mean, I'm in a strange country, Australia. Um, you know, I don't know anybody. Um, the veterinary community wasn't exactly like, yeah, come on. Yeah, <laughs> they, were it like, was... they were turf guarding. <laughs> and, oh, no. and, you know, it's normal. I mean, we all did it. So, um, you know, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody there. I, was, I had a um, guy that I was going to marry. I mean, I was madly in love, which got me through some of it. But um, uh, anyway, it was, it, it, you know, life is very hard for veterinarians right now. Very, very challenging. And so I'm, I try to mentor as much as I can. Yeah, and I'm sure like the um, younger veterinarians will like very much appreciate it because I know I know you'll definitely have some great advice for them, especially because I when you were talking about writing the chapter of um, treating burns for horses, like I I've seen like getting a little bit off topic here, but I've like seen like some veterinary shows where like they're like taking care of horses and like that's like I've never really seen them treat horses for burns because I, it, it doesn't come doesn't really, up that it doesn't, often. it doesn't come up. Yeah. It doesn't like it. You don't really see that yeah. issue with horses. So I think feel like that is, yeah. that will be very beneficial. Well, that was, that was one of the reasons that I, that I, I wrote a paper about this uh, when it was mm -hmm. over. And one of my colleagues, who's a very, very famous veterinarian in California, Dr. John Madigan, I mm -hmm. call him Dr. Disaster <laughs> because <laughs> that's what he's, he's done for years. He's done a lot of rescue stuff. And okay. I wrote, I called him and I said, what the heck am I going to do with these horses? And he goes, and because it looked like their feet were falling off and Ooh. yet they didn't act like their feet were falling off, but it mm -hmm. was like around their coronary band, it was separating out and it, it was looked like a disaster. The last yeah. thing I wanted to do was treat horses and then have their foot fall off, you know, let's get it over with quicker. But right. he said, well, I don't know. He said, but you know, keep, keep, re keep records and, and, and write about it. Cause we don't know. So I did. And, and, and I published it and it, turned out to be an extremely popular publication. And um, um, so I know a lot about it. And I started lecturing at veterinary schools and, and different places around and stuff. So, um, so I'm, yeah, I've got quite a bit of experience. And, but what I liked about my practice was we, you know, it wasn't, we were economically challenged in the area. And so we learned how to do things um, mm -hmm. economically expediently. Um, yeah. we, you know, we learned to do without, and we just, we just did what we did. And we had such appreciative clients because their options were so limited. Um, there was some fantastic veterinarians in there, but, you know, veterinary medicine is not, it's not a cheap thing anymore. And so, um, it's not like I tried to, I wasn't trying to be cheap. I was just trying to be practical. Right. So anyway, yeah, great life. Yeah, yeah, great. And I was actually going to ask you, since you definitely have have had experience, like, you know, giving um, advice to, um, you know, aspiring veterinarians or like young veterinarians, I want to ask you, um, as we're like, as like a final question, um, do you have any advice for aspiring authors or any like newer authors that you would like to share? Well, yeah, I do. Um, I think first of all, is that um, just write your story. And like, I meet so many people that have been working on their story for 10 years. I, you know, I belong to a lot of writers groups. I've, I live in North Georgia in the mountains. And so history and, um, and, and arts, including, including uh, lit, uh, literary arts, 
are very, very uh, popular here. And so there's lots of would-be writers. Um, I think um, people agonize about their stories. And like I've been trying, you know, I'm trying to write it. There's a woman that came up to me at a function that I was at and said, um, she heard that I had learned how to do something. And, and, and so she asked me about it and she said, I've got cancer, uh, it's terminal, and I've been writing my story for 10 years. And I'm going, how can I help you get this published? And yeah. we're going to work together. So, um, but, you know, write it down, get it done. You know, thinking about it is okay, but but just start something. Um, and then, um, for goodness sakes, get an editor. And then when you think you're done with that editor, get a second opinion because, Editing is so, so important. It's so important. And as I, as I've basically had to become re-educated with um, English and, you know, the written language and, and, you know, the Oxford comma, which I'd never heard of before and <laughs> all those kind of things that, that, um, that are, that are kind of important, but you know what, you don't have to write your book in the um, exactly correct uh, English literature um, um, kind of paradigm, you can write it out of that. And but you know, make sure you've got great dialogue. If you're going to use dialogue, don't 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 write like you would write for an English paper. Write like you would speak. Those kind of things, you know. Um, okay. You know, don't. Yeah, I I make sure that if I see if I see. Um, um, I am going, I'm going to write, I'm going, there's no way I'm going to write. I am, if I'm yes. saying it, you know, I might <laughs> say it another way, but there is, mm -hmm. there's, I, I basically, I do that. I use a Microsoft word and I found, uh, I think it's Microsoft Emma reads, reads me my books and she, and this okay. is an immersive, uh, immersive voice. And honestly, I could, she could do my audible. <laughs> She's so good. Really? Okay. Yeah. So every time I write the word doc, like, um, so doc. And, um, and if there's a period at the end, she always says document. I can't get her to stop doing that. So that's driving me nuts. But yeah, document. But, but other than that, she's flawless. And boy, does she catch me up. She has made me humble. <laughs> Because like they, so like you kind of use her to help like because it's it's different she, like reading over the um like the paragraph yeah. like oh yeah reading over okay well here's a clue mm -hmm. here's another this is another excuse take away from you I have dyslexia and so what I write mm -hmm. is what I what what I write may not be what I'm thinking and it may Gosh. not um it may not and it depends some days I'm really bad some days I'm not too bad. I can mm -hmm. tell you right now, like this morning, I was, I have, I'm having a dyslexic day because <laughs> I would write the word and, A-N-D, I would write A-D-N, time and time again. Oh, mm -hmm. So uh, Emma sorts that out for me. Okay, but on yeah, top of good. Emma, then I use, um, then I use, I've got um, a woman up in Kentucky that helps me. And then I've got a second proofreader that, that reads it. And all, my friends are really good too. I've met a new woman here in, uh, in, um, I live in Ellijay, Georgia and, and she's really good at it. And so I said, Hey, you want a job? Well, I started to write a Kindle Vela and, uh, I've just published it, started it. And it's about a horseback. Cause that's what I write about. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 
And so she's like, she gets on it and she goes, uh, you forgot to do this. And so like, I can go in and edit it right away. But I, I edited this thing 20 times before I published it and she still caught something. So, um, anyway, so, you know, phone a friend, get writing, um, don't let the, don't let the English language ruin your story. Um, do good dialogue and get an editor. Right. I guess those awesome. are my things. And, yeah. And, and, and sitting around waiting 10 years to find a publisher. Well, if, if you don't want to do any kind of personal, um, if you don't want to do any personal ab advertising and trust me as a veterinarian, I never advertise. I just use my good deeds and a Facebook to, to promote myself. Um, but, um, and I, I'm a little shy of doing a lot of stuff other than podcasts. I love podcasts. Anybody wants a podcast, I'm here for you. So yeah, anyway, podcasts I, are fun. I like them too. Yeah. yeah. But, um, um, I think, you know, waiting around 10 years to find a publisher when you could get a book out and, you know, maybe someday I'll want to publish. In fact, I'm kind of thinking long and hard about it. Um, because I've got other books in my brain. I got tons of books in my brain. I live alone. And so everybody goes, how do you come up with this? I said, well, I live alone. And I said, so I only talk to myself. So yeah, <laughs> got to fill the silence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think about plots all the time. So, um, and different ones and, you know, funny things that happen that make me think this would be a pretty funny story. Yeah, what so, if I wrote that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my Kindle Vela came about because, um, I, it's about, it's called Hey Xander. I couldn't use the word Siri. I talked to them about it and they said no. So mm -hmm. I changed the name Siri to Xander, Alexander Graham Bell. And okay. basically it's, um, Xander goes out of his um, little paradigm and starts giving the, the veterinarian advice, um, both in, um, in veterinary medicine and in her personal life and, and they have these conversations and it's a lot of fun. So, you know, that was just crazy. And I thought of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That does yeah. sound like a really fun plot. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's just like, you just like, just keep thinking about these plots and like, do you ever just write yeah. them down or do you just like, no, I just, uh, you know, I have to, I have to read, sometimes I forget, but, but usually once I thought about something, I'll, it'll be in the back of my brain. Um, and, um, and, and it'll pop up again. And then finally, like I wrote the first um, thing in a, just a few days, uh, but I sat on it for a really long time. And then I went to a writing group and they asked me to read a bit of it. And I did. And they went, oh my God, that is so funny. Oh, that is so, <laughs> you know, and I went, okay, I'm going to get this sucker out now. Yeah. I got to get yeah. it out now. <laughs> Can I get more people to read it? <laughs> So, Good and job. they were non-vet people. So like, you know, oh, okay. it was, it was to have them say that is so cool. I was really, yeah. That's, yeah. It's definitely one. good to gain like yep. a, like a different perspective on it. So yeah. 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 Okay. But most of my books are pretty, there's not too much doo -doo 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 kind of stuff. It's mostly, mm -hmm. um, you know, a little time travel aside, but gosh, yeah. you know, that's real. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, providing this very, this very helpful advice to um, our listener. And thank you so much for um, making the time for this interview. I definitely had a lot of fun, um, you know, getting more in-depth in information on these books and just like, you know, yeah. finding out about your process. So thank you so much for that. 
Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And I look forward to um, seeing what you do in life. I'm like, let's get going here. Let these Thank excuses you. of I'm going to, I'm working and going to school and I'm young and I'm probably dating and all that. Get rid of it. Just start writing. Just start writing. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I have. Do um, all the other things. It's yeah. experiences that give you this, um, that mm-hmm. give you these, you know, help you to write. You know, it's experiences. I couldn't have written these stories when I first started as a vet. I mean, I couldn't even think of these things. So you're right. It, t- yeah. it takes like um, time and experience to really get yeah, the idea. It does. For but it. by okay. the same token in your brain, you probably have young people ideas that will, that you're ready to go with. So get yeah, I <laughs> will we'll have to see if I can get them on the uh, page. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. That was Elizabeth Bolsey, and all her books are currently available on Amazon. Be sure to check out Book Talk's other author interviews, which are available on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts.